This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome in. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Jay White, here today with Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg, and Wells Cotrer, IT expert at New Core Steel and IT instructor at Holmes Community College. That makes it sound way easier than it actually is. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Wilts, Jer- uh, Wilts Jeremy, and I, I think I tried to mix your names there. Wilts, Jeremy, and I will have all the news from this week in consumer electronics and technology. And as always, we want to hear from you. Call us with your tech problems. Whether it's phones, TVs, computers, streaming, games, cable, uh, rural internet, and more. Although we kind of have one standby answer for that problem. Whether you have questions, comments, stories, or answers, call us today. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. A lot of different things to talk about today, but first let's talk to the guys, uh, Wilts and Jeremy. Wilts, good morning. How's it going? Man, doing great. How are you doing this morning, Jay? I'm not too bad. Excited to uh, to be uh, in the uh, saddle here for another Everyday Tech, one of my favorite times of the week. Uh, Jeremy, how are things going at the shop, man? Things are going pretty good, Jay. Uh, finally caught up with the uh, back-to-school crowd, so we're kind of <laughs> back on a normal level. I understand. Uh, it was talking with Wilts. Uh, a little bit uh, yesterday, you had a, a, a pretty interesting last week or so, including uh, your in-laws running into some trouble, right? Oh, man, yeah, that was, uh, man, this past weekend, um, and I'm sure, and we've talked about it on the show before, things like, you know, Roku and, and, you know, streaming video and everything else, and something that happened, so they were trying to set on up, trying to get Netflix going on my mother-in-law's TV, and, you know, you get there, whenever you're setting the thing up, you go to the, you, know, you had to go to the roku.com slash link in order to link your account up and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Well, she went there, and as she was typing in the site, as as we know thing, you know, your search engines will do, it, it pops up suggestions. Well, one of the suggestions that popped up, it was like, you know, I think it was actually, it was roku.com slash link slash activation. And so she saw it popping up. So instead of finishing typing everything out, she just went ahead and clicked the suggestion because, well, it was there. It looked it looked kind of right. And when she went there, of course, it looked just like a Roku page. It asked to put in the little four-digit code that they give you to activate your Roku. And it starts spinning. It's like, oh, there's a problem with your activation. We need you to call oh, this number. Man. Yep. So she calls the number, 800 number. The gentleman answers. Now, she's at her house. I'm at my house. So, I mean, I had, you know. Um, 
um, their other, um, my father-in-law's phone had him kind of, you know, put us on speakerphone and listening on in. So they're going through this like, oh, we got your number activated, but uh, there's going to be a fee. Mm. So, of course, you know, my spidey sense goes off. It's like, no, Roku, and this is just for all of our listeners, y'all. Roku has no fees. There is no fee to activate it. There is no fee for their tech support, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, he wanted $100. Wow. And and I was like, no, that's not right. Hang up. And he would, he was insistent to not let her get off that phone. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess the, the moral of that story is we always say type in your addresses. Don't take the suggestions because this is nothing against the Bings or the Googles or any of the other search engines out there. But, you know, they are algorithms. They're picking up things. And just because it's a suggestion doesn't mean it's legit. Suggestions can lead sure. you to malicious sites, too. And, um you know, after we kind of got her off of that phone call and started talking to her a little bit more, I started kind of Googling in myself a little bit into this, into the Roku scam. And there's quite a few people out there that were actually being taken in by it. So it's not a uh, – she was not a unicorn in that respect. Wow. No, I mean, and what did you say the website was, the, the, auto, the autofill website? Uh, it indicated that it was Roku.com slash link slash activation. Man, that would get and me too. Because that looks yeah. right. Exactly. Now, the actual site on the TV it wanted to go to was actually Roku.com slash link. And, and that, that suggestion actually went to – it did not go to that actual website. Y'all know links do not necessarily go to what they say they're going to go to. That's why it's always important that you type it in from your keyboard. That's important to know because I think a lot of people assume that, you know, maybe if, if – like if Google or something is is auto detecting something that you've typed before, that it's a website yeah. that you visited before, or either it's, you know, if if it's Google or if it's Bing and it's suggesting it, then it's got to be safe, right? And exactly. I think a lot of people don't and that assume. That was the assumption she made, which you know you would like to be able to say, oh, that that's a great suggestion, and you know, and that's one th- reason I wanted to really bring this on up is that yeah, you're absolutely right, Jay. That's not the case. And I'll be honest with you, I mean, a lot of people, I could see how it would be very easy, you know, if you don't just click around on stuff for the fun of it. I mean, that's kind of how I learned some of these things is is clicking around and just looking and see how things work. But I would assume that, you know, kind of autofills for um, addresses that you're typing in on a browser, that there's no way that that could say one thing and lead you to another, kind of like we've talked about in phishing emails where... The email that's listed is one thing, but the address that you're emailing to is a very, very different thing. That's that's crazy how that works. Yeah, and that was um, and that that was what was surprising to her. And the thing was, she didn't tell me that she had did that. I mean, I was kind of wanting because it threw me. And I, of course, had to kind of investigate it afterwards. Like, how in the world did you end up? If you went to the if you typed in Roku.com/link. And you followed a phone number. How in the world did you end up at a malicious site? That just didn't make sense to me. And then, you know, kind of, kind of through talking through it, I found out. Oh, well, it suggested, so I went to this. And, um, and you know, and and also a big disclaimer: this is not to sit there and say that you know Bing or Google or any of your search engines are malicious. It's just, it's the nature of the algorithm. It's how they're figuring these things out. Yeah. And uh, you know, the bad guys will pay money and they'll do things to get themselves to the top of those search engines. So just because you see it on the first page of Google doesn't necessarily mean it's legit. You got to always still use your, you know, yeah. think a little bit. Well, that's the thing. It's, you know, these, these products, which are artificially intelligence driven, 
are really good things 99% of the time, and they're products that are designed to make things easier for more people to use. But uh, as we talk about on this show all the time, there are always people that are trying to manipulate those things for the for their betterment uh, and against yeah. you. That's a fight that is always going on. Jeremy, man, it looks like Amazon is getting in on the rural Internet race uh, along with uh, Elon Musk and his uh, his uh, Starlink company. So we're, we're going to have it's good for everybody, specifically the, the calls that we always take on this show about folks who live in rural parts of the state of Mississippi that can't get good Internet or can't get uh, consistently good Internet connections. So it looks like two uh, mega bazillionaires will be competing over the sky uh, for our uh, for our internet wants and needs, and that can only help the folks living in rural areas, right? They can definitely cut down on monopolization of uh, that service. Yeah, absolutely. So I uh, I know that uh, Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos kind of bump heads uh, a lot, so <laughs> he may have done this just to spite him. Well, we'll start our own internet service. I've got plenty of money. Let's do it. Right. So um, I, I welcome it. Um, I just hope that uh, having all these satellites in low orbit doesn't cause other issues. Um, you know I know that, uh, that that's the people, first thing I thought uh, of when I saw this. Yeah, there's a lot of people that complained about just the the few. I think there's like three to six hundred satellites in orbit now. Yeah. I'd say and um, the the the, the, uh, the satellites that are up there now have already caused issues with people uh, stargazing and looking through their telescopes. So I'm curious to see oh what uh, several thousand more is going to do. That's not good to hear that. I mean, there's I mean, Musk's company have said several hundred up there, but their plan is for like twelve thousand in total or something like that. And Amazon. Uh, just got cleared by the FCC to send up 3,000 of their own in what is, quote, uh, low orbiting, uh, low orbiting satellites of Earth. So, yeah, that's the first thing I thought of is, man, you know, is this is this some sort of frontier that we're going to be jacking with? You know, all these things floating around the, the planet that's going to mess, you know, some natural resource up for us that we haven't even anticipated yet. And this is, you know, 50 years from now, we're going to be like, how could they do that? So, yeah. yeah, we won't know until it's too late. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. One eight seven seven MPB ring is the number one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. There's plenty to dig into today. We've only uh, just scratched the surface, but we're going to take our first call today. It's Steve from Brookhaven. Steve, good morning. Good morning. How's it going, man? It's going great. Excellent. I uh, have an old laptop I hadn't used in about a year because I got another one that runs Windows 10. But I'm wondering if I can bring Windows 10 in this laptop and, and actually work, work it. What do um, I look at? The answer is is sort of a soft probably. <laughs> um, depending on how old it was, was it running Windows 7 originally? Yeah, it's always on a 7. It's got about 450 gigabytes of storage, and it's got a 4K yeah. RAM in it. It's an old notebook. Okay, yeah. So I would say since it runs 7, it will probably run 10. You might want to see if you could boost the RAM a little bit to get a little bit better performance out of it. But otherwise, that shouldn't be a problem. And unless uh, things have changed, you should be able to use your uh, Windows 7 key to activate Windows 10. If you don't do like an upgrade, you do a, a fresh installation. Um, if you do an upgrade, you'll just keep your existing product key. Okay, if that doesn't work, it would it be useful to use the computer as one of these uh, 
cloud computers I, I kind of hear about. I don't I don't know a lot about that. Cloud computer. What What do you mean? What What kind of purpose would something you be using that it for? A computer that wouldn't use a lot of uh, storage, but would work with you know kids in school and stuff like that. Oh, I see, like a Chromebook kind of. Well, you wouldn't be able to actually turn it into a Chromebook, but you could definitely use it for limited purposes. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. No problem. Steve, we appreciate the call from Brookhaven this morning. And, you know, we've brought it up before, too. Linux is always an option for some of those older computers, uh, for people who really want to kind of dabble in that. I know you've brought that up before, Jeremy. Very true. Uh, we like Linux because Linux is free, and these days you can put it on a USB drive and run it straight from that drive. Yep. Well, you guys uh, talked about uh, uh, school and Zoom a little bit there. I know one of the stories that uh, I dug up for today is that Zoom, evidently, in a lot of major cities along the East Coast, went down for a while Monday morning. Oh, my gosh. And it's been, Yeah. <laughs> Day on the internet, right? And well, man, yeah. And the 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 title of the story that I dug up was uh, "Zoom went down Monday morning, and the school children they did rejoice." And uh, yeah, now yes. we have Zoom days to add to school days. We'll talk about that when we get back from our first break. Here, the number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. We got a lot to talk about, but we want to take your calls, your your problems, your questions, your issues, or anything that you're looking forward to or have been hacked off by going on in consumer technology or uh, consumer uh, products going on. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We'll be right back. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is MPB Think Radio. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Jay White here with Wilts Contreras, Jeremy Thompson. Thanks for listening this morning. If you have any problems with your consumer technology or questions, anything like that, give us a call. 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Coming up later today on our Facebook page, it's facebook.com forward slash Everyday Tech MPB. I'll be posting a link to uh, a TV Guide article about what's new to stream in September on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney Plus, and more, and what they're pulling off too. It's always some interesting stuff. You read those lists, you know. I would I would bring that onto the show here proper, but man, those lists get long, 
And the things that excite me don't excite other people. And the things that excite other people don't necessarily mean anything to me. So uh, I'll save everybody the trouble. And you can uh, go to our Facebook page a little bit later on today. Again, it's facebook.com forward slash everyday tech MPB. And you can go to everydaytech.mpbonline.org or go to mpbonline.org and click on the radio page. And uh, you can find Everyday Tech there and listen to past shows and, and stream what's going on live on MPB Think Radio which uh, if you listened uh, l- during the evenings last week was uh, the uh, political convention for the one guys over on that side. And then this week it's the other ones over on the other side. And that's about as deep into it as I'll get. But you can listen to it all live 8 p.m. to 1030 p.m. each weeknight uh, up until Friday uh, on MPB Think Radio. one eight seven seven mpb ring is the number one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. Uh, before we went to the break, we were talking a little bit about Zoom. And uh, Wilt, what is <laughs> what as the school year has started, you're you're uh, an IT teacher at uh, Holmes Community College. College has been a whole yeah. other different thing. And it's made a whole bunch of other different headlines for different reasons that we won't go into as well. But how, how has oh. how have things dismounted from the start for you so far? Well, you know, I mean, it, in the grand scheme of things, it hasn't really been bad. It was a lot of hiccups on Monday. Uh, you know, not just Zoom. Zoom was a, a worldwide um, mess up, basically. I mean, some people were still getting into it, but, Lord, it was either slow or you were getting disconnected. So, <laughs> so you know, that hits the one thing, which, you know, I mean, your K through 12s and everybody else are using Zoom on the educational side. Yeah. But then you add to that um, – what we call the learning management system, what a lot of what a lot of the colleges here and uh, and I believe the high schools as well and the other schools use called Canvas. Yes, um, that mm-hmm. was having a significant amount of issues as well. So it's just I think it just kind of got overburdened. So I had, uh, you know, numerous students. I've got a few classes going this semester and a lot of them coming back saying, oh, okay, I can't get to this module. I can't make this work. And, you know, I mean, as frustrating as it is from the teaching side, I know it has to be even more so from the student side. I mean, here they are. They're trying to, you know, trying to kick things off, trying to get the ball rolling, and, and they're running into tech problems out the gate. And even <laughs> though my students are tech students, it's still just as frustrating to be the tech guy and gal to uh, to run into those. So, so yeah, it was definitely a lot of uh, a lot of scrambling. I will say that by the end of Monday, a lot of the issues had gotten ironed out. Yeah. Um, but but still, yeah, Monday, Monday made for, for a lot of uh, interesting, interesting phone calls. <laughs> I bet it did. And I, I can't imagine. Look, the first day that that, uh, one, you know, one of my sons uh, logged in and was ready to, to do his uh, distance learning. He's in one of these situations where he, he goes in one day and he's at home the next. And then he goes in and he's at high. I don't understand the, the meaning behind it or. But, you know, I'm not paid to understand it. So there you go. But uh, the first day that he logged into a Zoom class, uh, I, I just I, I didn't I had not really thought about it, but I got an immediate appreciation for everybody in the situation. I mean, these are I mean, middle school teachers. Right. Uh, I mean, they're not paid to know how to orchestrate a Zoom meeting. They're paid to be yeah. able to teach. And my son logs in and this lady is trying to hold this class. And the first thing you hear is, all right, we're going to wait about two more minutes for such and such and whatnot to get in. And, 
you know, two minutes later, it's like, I'm going to give such and such and whatnot another minute to get here. And in the meantime, it's like, so, hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, what have you been up to? What did you do this summer? And everybody's like, well, nothing because of, you know, COVID and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just one of those interesting things where the teachers got a tap dance waiting for everybody to get there in time. And some people have missed their Zoom links and all this kind of stuff. And it's just an absolute cluster to, to, to well, try to yeah. deal with. Well, you know, and, and it's a totally different dynamic, too, because it, it's it's different when you're standing, whether you're giving a presentation, whether you're doing a meeting, what have you. It's a totally different dynamic to just be you in a room talking to your computer, even though you may have 10, 20, 30 people attending. It, it, it's just like for us, and it's a little bit different doing, doing this show when, you know, me and Jeremy aren't actually there. I'm very used to being in the studio sitting right there beside you, so it's, it's yeah. a little bit, you know, the video helps that a little bit because I'm still able to actually see you in all your glory, but, um, oh, yeah, oh, am I scratching? My bad. <laughs> Mike was scratching your uh, collar there a little oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's, it's a different thing, and like you said, the teachers, they weren't really, you know, that, that's that's not something that they should normally have to, or, or are, are facing and I don't know it's been interesting but I have to say um, our teachers have honestly they have shown their resilience because you know my daughter is still all digital for this week or at least for half of this week or I'm kind of like you I get confused on what the schedule is trying to do but <laughs> they have been doing a heck of a job and and you know something that they didn't ask for but it's kind of there now yeah yeah um, you know, interesting thing. Do y'all see uh, the one thing going around? There was a fourth grader who named himself on his Zoom meeting, reconnecting dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like he looked like he had internet problems. He would have probably gotten away with it if he would have paid attention in spelling class and connect, and spelled connecting oh. properly. He, he missed an N. Uh, but, you know. The enterprising young Other man. Than that, pretty ingenious. He'll learn. He'll get there. Pretty clever. <laughs> yeah. There were made... like something Jeremy would have done. He's on his way for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little B. Yeah, I probably would have. There were major outages in Chicago and Atlanta, Washington, uh, New York, Philadelphia, and Boston. There were uh, some outages in Dallas and Houston and Tampa and Miami. Minneapolis, um, and it looks here, I'm looking at this map of where outages were. It looks like Jackson and everything in Mississippi were as clean as a bell for the most part, unfortunately, for the young lads. But, uh, yeah, that was – still, even if you didn't have outages, as as you mentioned, Wills, things were slow and wonky, uh, to say the very least. Jeremy, has have, have you received a lot of calls of people – well, obviously, this is not working right, so it's broken. So I'm going to call the uh, computer fix-it guy and have him try to look at this thing. I didn't get any calls about Zoom. Um, I think they address their outages pretty well. Typically, you know, if you go to log in, they'll tell you that there's some kind of an issue with the page or whatever. Um, I, I didn't actually get any calls at all. But if I did, uh, the first thing I would do is, you know, try to try to log on and see if there were some connectivity issues. There are lots of websites where you can check uh, website uh, uptime and whatnot. So I would I would go there first, like. Uh, down for me or just uh, down for everyone or just me is a good site um, to tell you if a website is having issues. Um, I'm sure Zoom also has a page where they can tell you how their servers are doing. And there were a bunch of little red lights on a bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to ask I mean, either one of you guys or both this. 
How could a company like Zoom or let's say, uh, you know, Google with, you know, I, I guess they're probably a little bit more prepared because they're this mega conglomerate. But how could a company like Zoom be prepared to go into this situation? Like from a server standpoint and from a, an expectation of, of use and user standpoint. I mean, this thing has, I mean, I don't, I don't know that there are any companies that that could have unfortunately benefited from this entire situation more than zoom probably has i mean that was not a a uh, consumer household name before you know february of this year and now it's just a it's a part of everyday regular life i mean how i mean how difficult do you think it was for the company to try to 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 match the needs of people who were using this product and and how could you ever be prepared for something like that well, I mean, there are devices and, and different things that we can use on the networking side that can actually um, basically load the system. You can just throw just so much traffic at it to make sure that it can handle, um, you know, certain workloads that it needs. Uh, it's commonly done. People are designing websites. You want to make sure, uh, you know, for example, um, you know, Joe's Pool Hall has a different website load need than what a Google or a Microsoft would have. So, so depending on that, these you know there are services and there are um, uh, things that can go out there and just push tens of millions of packets of data toward your system to make sure that it can handle it. So, so they are able to test. Of course, nothing imitates real life. Um, you know, how many times have we seen that with a new Microsoft release or a new video game platform or anything like that? I mean, yeah. real life can still throw it for a loop. However, you can. You can test what you can test, uh, and there are some mechanisms for that. And I'm, sh I'm sure they're going through a lot of that. But you know, if you think about it, this past Monday was probably the big kick, and I think that's when a lot of the universities went on, you know, went active. I know my son started classes officially Monday, so I kind of equated that with that, even though the K-12s had started a little bit earlier. Yeah. But uh, but yeah. So they can create these platforms. Uh, and then they put them in web space, and then from there they can just replicate the amount of needed web space, uh, the amount of bandwidth required. They can allocate that to those particular servers. But yeah, like Wilt said, um, it it seems like they just kind of got slammed. And this is um, it's basically the real life equivalent of what they call a DDoS attack, where uh, that's a dynamic denial of service attack, where a bunch of people try to access a website at one time and the load on the server is so great that it just falls flat on its face. DDoS is what hackers use to take down websites, but massive amounts of people can also take down a website just because the site itself was not ready to scale up for that amount of traffic. Interesting. Like our stream when uh, Everyday Tech is about to come on. I understand. I've been told. Mm -hmm. Maybe possibly. Well, exactly. Yeah. They, they have much, to flip we we overload the, the MPB. We are kind of the big Life draw. Be Come on, you know, admit it. These personalities. Right. All right. Absolutely. All right. Look, you want to give us a call? We're going to take a break here. Uh, one eight seven seven. It's getting deep in the studio here. One eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven. Six seven two seven four six four. When we come back, Jeremy looks like Nintendo is reportedly going to be releasing an upgraded, bigger bat. Well, not necessarily bigger, probably smaller, but an upgraded, <laughs> an upgraded batter. Better version of the Switch with a new streamlined set of games to go along with it. And uh, we'll talk about that. It'll probably be unfindable for at least a while. Maybe I just came up with a new word. Uh, and uh, also, 
the company Level has uh, a, a smart lock, like a doorknob, that can be unlocked with a touch. Just a touch. Tech, man, that's crazy. We'll take a break when we come back. This is Everyday Tech. one eight seven seven. MPB ring. It's 877-672-7464. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1 877 MPB Ring. That's 877 672 7464. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. Remember, you can download any of our uh, previous shows and our week of shows starting at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon on that Wednesday, I would say, is a possibly realistic expectation of my production turnaround times. Job is smiling right now. I don't know what that's about. But uh, you can download the Everyday Tech podcast anywhere that uh, you have a, a podcast catcher app. Free in the iTunes and Google Play Store as well on the MPB public media app. Yes, sir. You should just say later in the day. Don't, don't don't put a time stamp on yourself. Just a, say later in the day. A tentative time <laughs> in the possible near future. Hey, it's, but um, <laughs> earlier you guys were talking about scammers and wilts. That was a pretty interesting story because um, it's just really easy to get scammed out here on the Internet. But one thing that I did find uh, on Twitch, because, um, I mean, you know, since the pandemic, Twitch has become a source of entertainment uh, for lots of people. And I didn't even know what that was, but it's pretty fun. Um, but <laughs> it's um, it's a Twitch streamer. And his name is Kit Boga, and he per- actively participates in the scams. As in, like, he will... Like, go seek him out? He will, yeah, click on the wrong link um, and go through the process. But it's also kind of playing the joke, performance wow. art. Yeah. And it's all, and he did it because, cool. his, because his grandmother would got scammed you know people praying on the elderly and stuff so he goes through it and it's it's pretty fun if you can uh you so know find some time and watch it he's like fishing fishers on the internet yeah it's i watched one he was telling the guy you know uh well i don't know should i put my credit card in right here <laughs> or should i go to the other page and the guy was like hey you should you know put your credit card in right here and he was like so should i just put my you know, it, yeah. was, it, it, it was funny. It was funny, but it's something to. Oh, so basically, it's like the Dateline guy. Yeah, because he he's, he's going yeah. to he's he's going card? to get him. <laughs> Kit Boga, if you get oh, some time. Oh, my keyboard. <laughs> right. And I swipe it and slot the one with my space bar. <laughs> Is that the scanner? I, I can't. 
does it is it going here? I, I thought I'd normally put a CD in this slot. Is that where the credit card reader is? I see a little light in there. What is this? Yeah, he did say I've something about the credit card shit. thing one time. Should I just run it across the screen? <laughs> <laughs> can you can you see can you see this? I'm trying to send you the four hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Okay, I got to look this up. This is going to be my entertainment for the rest of the day. Yeah, Twitch is really good. I mean, it's basically like uh, I mean, it, it it started out as a you know, specifically game streaming uh, platform. But man, I mean, it's it's almost like a a, a multi-channel television network now because people, as Whoa. opposed to like YouTube in the past and different different um, different avenues that you could use and platforms. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones in the in the past, and it's all escaping me now. Okay. Those those names from way in the way back in the day. But I mean, people produce television shows and just stream them on Twitch because it's an affordable this is, platform. This is actually a thing. It's called scam baiting. There's a whole Wikipedia page on this. This is, this is a, uh, it's a whole genre of entertainment on Twitch. <laughs> oh my gosh. I just found, okay. I found a really interesting article on the guy. It's got a picture of the guy on there. Okay. This is going to be my new best friend. I'm liking this. Cause I mean, I have a little bit of fun with them every now and then whenever they call, like I get, I, I get them at least, a couple of times a week, you know, about my student loans, which I have none about my, you know, um, you know, if I'm having a problem on, you know, my Apple computer. Oh, guess what? I got to win. Yeah. It's just all the kind of crazy oh, stuff, yeah. you know, oh, you're the IRS, you know, 37 years of back taxes. It's like, oh, okay. Really? Yeah. You know, I get the same uh, ones about so the student constant. loans. Yeah. You're going to help you pay off your student loans. I didn't go to school. So there. Just, does he wear these aviators in every single video? <laughs> I don't know, but it's cool. Like I said, I'm, I'm liking the guy already. All right, we got a couple of calls. Let's get to here uh, quickly. One eight seven seven MPB ring. It's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. First, we got to go to Prince Edward Island, Canada, and talk to Martin. Martin, good morning. What's going on? How are you doing today? Excellent, man. How are things going on the island? I uh, can't complain. It's uh, sunny and a bit windy today. Wow. Sounds nice. Sounds nice. <laughs> and I'm phoning you on a, a Google Hangout call so I don't have to pay long distance. Ooh, very nice. So beat beat the system. Free in North America. Beating the system. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm just calling in response to the gentleman who called about his laptop with Windows 7 and wanted to replace it. And uh, I've been working with Linux for a dozen years. And um, I use Linux Mint, and that would be the recommendation I would have for him if you want something that's similar to Windows 7, and it will do just about everything that a Windows operating system will do. And so I'd highly recommend that. Uh, my wife and I both have laptops here, older ones, and we both converted them, and they work perfectly. Very interesting. The, the other thing is the Zoom uh, kind of block block Zoom they had earlier this week. Uh, my particular church uses Zoom often, and it had a time limit on it. And personally, I use actually an open software program called Jitsi Meet. It's a browser-operated uh, video conferencing. There's two. There's also one that you can download. Don't get the download one. This one, you just open up, say, Chrome in your browser, type in Jitsi Meet, It'll give you a page where it'll give you an unusual name to start the meeting. You press it, and all you have to do is send the copy of the invitation to anybody's email address. They click it, and you're on. 
and it has, you know, the screen share and other functions on it. So it's always good to have a backup if you're on Zoom. I know we timed out, and I quickly switched to Gypsy Meet, and we were able to finish the meeting. Very cool. Very Very cool. That's Juliet India Tango Sierra India. I thought he said Gypsy, but it's Gypsy. Yes, J-I-T-S-I. J-I-T-S-I. Gypsy Meet. And like I said, you want the browser one, not the one where it says, you know, because commercially you can download it and have your own business have its own servers using this for really uh, great security. But this is relatively secure as well, just through the browser. has password enabled and everything. All right. Hey, Martin, thanks for the tips this morning. We appreciate it. Okay. Thank you very much, and I enjoy listening to your show weekly. Well, thank you very much. All the way from Canada. All the way from Canada. We really do appreciate the call from Prince Edward Island. All right. That's very cool. Well, you know, he he brings up a great point, though. I mean, Linux can – That's you know, like he was talking about Mint. I mean, it's – there's not always – depending on what you're using your computer for, there's not always a reason to have to go out and just spend a ton of money to buy the newest, latest, and greatest. Yeah, if you're gaming and doing some other things, you may need that, but – um, I mean, I think that's, that's just awesome that they're able to actually, in a way, I guess you could almost say, upcycle older equipment and still get the use out of it. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, also, I use uh, Linux Mint. Um, I like it because I can quickly boot it up on a machine. If I can't get Windows to boot, I'll boot one of those disks, and then I'll dump the customer's data onto an external drive, and it works very, very well. All right. Hey, again, we appreciate the call from Canada. With with international listeners, I I feel uh, I probably should feel this way anyway, but I feel like I need to perform better or something like that. It's, it's more important now that I know nothing against all of our domestic listeners. We're, we're global, man. Right. I mean, I mean we did, we're the real deal now. We did have a, uh, a about a year ago, we did have a podcast episode that exploded in Germany for uh, – no real reason but i mean for a couple of months it was actually the 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 most downloaded uh single episode of any podcast that we had at the station it's been passed since then thank goodness but um i'll have to look it up I i believe it was the episode where we talked about how amazon and google's products were starting to jive with each other uh, like, uh, you know, like, peace be with you, uh, and with you also, <laughs> and also with you. Yeah. I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the phones. We've got Theo, who is much closer to home, he's in Brandon. Theo, good morning. What's going on? Uh, I've got an Android uh phone, Sony XA1, and uh, for some reason, the loudspeaker quit working, the headphones would still work, and a certain ring or two would still work. I went online and found if you did a factory reset, and I did a factory reset, and the speaker started working again for a short period of time, then went back the way it was. So didn't know if you might have an idea. Uh, Well, it sounds like they have broken the speaker through a software update. Um, After you did the factory reset, did you install any updates? Mm, If I did, it, it was automatic. I don't remember actually doing it. Okay. Um... That is very strange. Uh, The only thing I would suggest is uh, try to do the factory reset again since that did fix your issue the first time and try to avoid any over-the-air updates until they can figure out what they broke. 
Okay. How long did uh, how long did the the speaker work again after you updated it? About two days. Yeah, sounds like that might be the thing. Yeah, that okay. an up, update eventually got back to it. That's weird because my the first thing I would think of is if it's a speaker thing that you know it would be a hardware issue like a wire that's disconnected or broken over time or something like that. But yeah, it went, well, I mean, see, that's why uh, whenever I suggest a factory reset, I raise a lot of eyebrows from people. But it really does fix the strangest issues sometimes. It's yeah. usually the last resort because it literally wipes everything off your phone. But in a lot of cases, it does fix the issue. Yeah, so uh, I would say go back into those settings and uh, try to find a way to disable those automatic updates in your settings and then uh, see if it continues to work for you. Okay, I'll give it a other thing, uh, The other thing I might suggest, um, if you can access some kind of a, a sound app and clear the data and the cache on it, that app itself, like the, the system process may have run something that is getting a little more technical. But if a if a factory reset fixed the issue and then it broke, either an individual application updated or there was a minor or possibly even major update uh, to the operating system itself. But if you can get in any kind of sound settings and reset uh, some kind of a system cache or the uh, system data, that might save you having to do a factory reset. But I would have to dig more into that to give you certain details on how to do it, if it's even available. Yeah, I had found a uh, some kind of speaker modification thing online, and uh, but when I started to download it, it started asking a bunch of silly questions, and then it didn't work unless you paid for it. And I, so I just said, screw that. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like something you want to avoid for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll do another reset, and I'll try to watch out for any of the updates. All right, Theo, we appreciate the call from Brandon this morning. Thanks a lot. Uh, Here we go, Jeremy. Nintendo is planning to release an upgraded version of its popular Switch game console next year, according to reports um, on Bloomberg and uh, Economic. Economic Daily News. Uh, the new model will come out in early 2021. Um, and this was cited from uh, supply chain sources uh, with the Economic Daily News, which is a, uh, a newsletter out of Taiwan. Uh, this could be the first serious performance upgrade to the Switch since its release in March 2017. Bloomberg says Nintendo has, uh, quote, looked into including more computing power and 4K high definition graphics while the Economic Daily News mentions improved visuals. Nintendo did release two new Switch models last year, but they used a more power-efficient version of the original hardware to enable a a smaller form factor and better battery life without uh, noticeable uh, performance uh, improvements. Um, So what do you think about this? Um, The the Switch hardware is based around NVIDIA's uh, Tegra X1 system-on-chip, which was first announced more than five years ago. Uh, mobile processor technology has advanced a lot since, so there's uh, certainly room for a major switch speed boost, but it'd likely require a new custom design from NVIDIA. While the X1 did make it into Google's Pixel C tablet, as well as NVIDIA's own Shield set-top boxes, which are extremely popular, uh, the company no longer makes general-purpose uh, mobile uh, processors for third-party manufacturers. So it's very interesting. So the switch, which you know, I've, I've never really read or heard about any kind of uh, uh, any kind of complaints about performance issues, but it's still running on a five-year-old chip. 
that's interesting that, number one, this is a platform, uh, a video game platform that's hung around for five years, number one. And uh, now there's an, an opportunity while staying on the same generation of platform. This is how, how far in front of the competition it is. They uh, introduce a new version of the product with upgraded hardware. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that Nintendo has needed to do because there's this huge push for 4K. Even though um, it I, it's going to be a challenge, I think, for them to get that kind of performance in the same form factor, which is kind of what the article mentioned. So it's probably going to be a slight redesign. Uh, but this is cool. Um, this is uh, what we think is called the Switch Pro. That's what most people have been referring to it as since. It's rumored existence like a couple of years ago, um, but Nintendo definitely needs to make that jump to 4K because all the other next-gen platforms are on it. Now, if they'll just keep churning out Mario games and they will actually put out <laughs> a new version of Mario Kart, not a port from the one on the Wii, put out a new version of Mario Kart, um, I think they'll continue to do very well because portability is always a request with our technology now so the more places we can take it uh the better and they're the only ones doing that now microsoft is kind of crossing over by doing their little partnership with um uh, samsung where you can actually stream xbox games to your phone but that's still your phone you still have to use that for all the other bajillion things that you need in life and your switch is just a switch so there is always going to be a need for a dedicated platform like this and i think nintendo's got the right idea uh globally as far as the timing goes um it's not great but what is these days so you got to keep on keeping on right it is interesting i'm shocked that uh there's nobody else that's specifically in the mobile uh console uh market but i guess maybe nintendo got there first and got there right which is something that usually doesn't happen usually it takes a little working at it but nintendo got there first and got there right and they got so much of the market share well i guess practically all of it <laughs> so i guess it's maybe not not uh, uh very intuitive for somebody else to jump into right now but that is interesting look for a new switch a new fancier switch coming in the first part of 2021 a couple of calls and a few minutes left let's go first to uh, billy who's in vicksburg billy good morning good morning go right ahead okay i have a question i have a samsung phone and lately i've been getting uh update alerts saying update software and I went and Googled it online to see what most people were saying, and most people were saying that be cautious of that. And I'm just trying to find out how can you tell if that's a legitimate, because it's coming out of the Galaxy store, and how can you tell if that's a legitimate update you need to do or it could be fraudulent? So uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can tell. Um, I will say that Samsung has gotten more aggressive with the way that they apply updates. So they only give you the option to ignore it a few times before they stop giving you the option. You can still hit your back button to get around it, but they stop letting you have the option and eventually they force the update on you. So eventually the update's going to happen whether you deny it or not. Now, uh, the question is when that update pops up. Uh, So if you boot up your phone and you see that uh, pop up, that is most likely a legitimate pop up. You can also tell by the way that it looks in your phone, it's going to match the interface. So if you have like a a gray theme, it's going to have like a gray window. If you have a black theme, it'll have a black window. Um, If you question the legitimacy of it, you can go to your settings menu and go straight to software update and hit check for updates, and then it'll say, go ahead and check. You hit OK. 
and then it's going to show you a very similar looking window with that with the same prompt. If you don't see that, then it was definitely illegitimate. All right, Billy, we appreciate the call from Vicksburg today. Uh, we got about a minute left, so let's take Sue and Beaumont. Sue. Good morning. Got about a minute left in the show. What's going on? Good morning. I just want to say that Zoom has already zoomed way past me. I'm still in the put, put, putter stage of technology, but this is a problem. I keep getting about three times a week, I get these robocalls from uh, some company that says uh, you're, somebody's compromised your computer and trying to steal your information. And when uh-huh. I try to call them back, I never get any answer. How can I get them to stop that? How do you, how do you stop people from doing it? I don't, I don't have any business owning a computer as far as uh, doing paying bills over the computer or having my banking information or anything on there. So how do I get them? If it's it's the same number that's calling you, uh, then you should be able to block that number, especially if this is a smartphone they're calling you on. You can go into that uh, recent calls and you can tap on the call and you can hit block. If it's your landline, you might be able to get your call provider to block it. Uh, That can be a little bit more difficult. Uh, if they will not do that, then you can get uh, one of those little button thingies that will actually block the calls for you. And also, more importantly, just so everyone knows, companies do not call you telling you there's a problem with your computer. So if you're receiving those phone calls, folks out there, it's a scam. And don't call them back. Yeah. <laughs> don't call then them back. Then they know they got a real person. Sue, thank you so much for the call in Beaumont this morning. Today's show engineered by Java Chapman, our call screener, Kevin Farrell. All of the stories uh, that we've mentioned today and uh, many that we didn't have a chance to get to because of our calls, we'll put on uh, the podcast page for this this episode, which you can get at uh, everydaytech.mpbonline.org. Again, later on today on our Facebook page, we'll be posting what's new to to stream in September on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, Disney Plus, and more. That's facebook.com forward slash everydaytechmpb. We'll be back next Wednesday at 10 a.m. And stay tuned. Coming up next, it is Southern Remedy with Dr. Jimmy Stewart right here on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. Some of the big names that travel up and down the highways, obviously Elvis and Johnny Cash, and you have Jerry Lewis, Carl Perkins. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Johnny Cash suggested that Carl write a song called Blue Suede Shoes. That was all kind of created with Aaron Amory. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org radio or by using your favorite podcasting app.